Andrew Womack Ministries presents this session from the 2015 Men's Advance. We pray that the Word of God will come alive in your heart as you listen. You're going to be blessed. This is Greg Moore. He lives here now, part of CBC. Praise God. Praise God. But have you guys been blessed so far? It's been good, hasn't it? Uh, I've got a few things to, uh, books to give away. So uh, maybe I could have a, maybe you four guys right here. Could y'all help me? All right. Okay, this is a book on, uh, this is Wendell's new book on the Holy Spirit. It just came out. It's downstairs in the uh, Karis Bible College product. It's the best book on the Holy Spirit, at least that he's ever written. Praise God. So you give that, give that away to somebody. All right, this is Barry's uh, book, uh, Did God Do This to Me? Essentially what this is is just, answers to difficult questions that people call in here the ministry and and Barry knows everything uh, so he's got he's got all your answers right here if you need to know everything that's your book right there and then uh, here's here's my healing book your healing door uh, it's the best healing book I've ever written and the only one but uh, it uh, we saw we've seen multitudes of people healed. Uh, and we give testimony about uh, different ways that people receive healing. And, and uh, th this, this, you can't read this book and not get healed. So uh, this, this would be a blessing to someone. And then this is, uh, this is my book. It's just scriptures to live by. It's just categories of scripture. It's a great counseling book. Uh, it's got 41 categories of scripture. And uh, we want to give that to somebody. All right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> this has been great, hasn't it? Um, man, I, I love that message last night, uh, helping us to, to deal with our pride. You know, God gives grace to the humble, doesn't he? And, um, you know, the humility, um, humility is not self-abasement. Humility is agreeing with God and depending on God. That's why Moses could write that he was the meekest man on all the earth because he agreed with God, even though his, even though his pride probably didn't want to make him write that, uh, agree to write that, but he did. And, uh, and then what a, what a great, uh, and, and the Bible says God gives grace to the humble. Amen? So that, you know, whatever God says to you and about you, you agree with, and then depend on him to walk it out. Then the message this morning, uh, really, really dovetailed right with Andrew's message because we've got to learn to walk in the spirit, don't we? You know, we've all got, our flesh has, has got pride. So the way you overcome the flesh is not by self-will, it's by yielding to the Holy Spirit. So that was, that was a great message, Pastor Happy. And it's just a privilege and honor for Janice and I to be here. We've known, we've known Andrew and Jamie for, uh, since I think 1991. And uh, I've been listening to them since 1983. So uh, somebody gave me a tape. That's when they had tapes. And, and uh, we, we, our lives have been changed by your ministry, Andrew. And, and then we, to be here and have the privilege of ministering at Karis Bible College, it is just the best place in the world, guys. I'm telling you, it's heaven on earth. It's awesome. And. Uh, and, and we've got a lot of good teachers, Barry and Wendell and me and Lawson, and especially me. 
<laughs> All right. Open your Bibles to Psalm 85, and then I want to tell you funny. Is that all right? Okay. The teacher asked young Patrick Murphy, what do you do at Christmas time with your family? Patrick addressed the class. He said, well, Mrs. Jones, my 12 brothers and sisters, and I, we go to midnight mass, and we sing hymns, and we come home very late, and we put mince pies by the back door, and we hang, we hang up our stockings, and all excited, we go to bed and wait for Father Christmas to come with all our toys. Very nice, Patrick, Mrs. Jones said. Now, Jimmy Brown, what do you do at Christmas? Well, Mrs. Jones, my sister and I, we go to church with mom and dad, we sing carols, and we get home ever so late. We put cookies and milk by the chimney and hang up our stockings. We hardly sleep, waiting for Santa Claus to bring our presents. Realizing that there was a Jewish boy in the class and not wanting, not wanting to leave him out of the discussion, Mrs. Jones asked, now Isaac Cohen, what do you do at Christmas? And Isaac said, well, Mrs. Jones, it's the same thing every year. Dad comes home from the office. We all pile into the Rolls Royce. Then we drive to Dad's toy factory. When we get inside, we look at all the empty shelves and begin to sing, what a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> Then we all go to the Bahamas. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> all right. Psalm 85, verse 6, says, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. Everybody say, I will hear, I will hear. what God the Lord will speak. God will speak. I want to I talk to you today about, about hearing God's voice today. Hearing God's voice today. When he says, he, when he speaks to us, he's going to speak peace and prosperity and health and wholeness to his people, but let them not turn back to folly. Who will remind me of that? We're going to come back to that. Let them not turn back to folly. Um, I believe that, that we are entering into a season and a time that is a renewal of hearing the voice of God clearly and accurately, and it must, it must include, and I, I believe uh, begin with men in their homes. Men of God. How many men of God do we have here today? Praise God. Men of God, uh, we need to be hearing God and obeying Him. Amen? No, we, we, need to take our, we need to take our dresses off, throw our purse away, and be men of God and lead our homes. Yes? Amen? And all, and all the wives watching at home, the 402 people watching are all our wives, right? Praise God. <laughs> we need men of God taking their place of leadership in their homes, 
in, in the church, in the marketplace, who are confident in hearing and following the Lord. How many of you want to follow a leader that doesn't know how to hear God? Look around. Any hands up? So how many of you want to be a leader that hears and follows God? Or how many of you want to be a, a leader that people would follow? Okay, people don't want to follow you unless you're hearing and following the Lord. Are you listening to me? We can hear his voice. Amen? Your wife doesn't want to follow you if you're not hearing God. You wonder why you have a problem and, and she's digging her heels in and you're trying to lead at home uh, because she doesn't have confidence you're, you're, you're hearing God. You know why? Because you don't have confidence you're hearing God. You have more confidence in her hearing God. This is for everybody that's going to get this CD. There's no one here. Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by what? Hearing. hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please Him. How does faith come? By hearing. So you and I can't, we can't even please God in, in our assignment and what we're doing if we're not hearing God. Are you with me? He wants us to hear Him. In fact, He says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. John 10, 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. How many of you are good, are, 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 are son of God, you're, you're sheep and not a goat or a wolf? Say, I'm his sheep. I hear his voice. You know the difference between sheep and goats, don't you? Sheep, bah, yes, Lord. Goats say, yes, uh, the go goats say, you know, I love my pastor, but Lord, I'll do anything for you and go anywhere, but you know, whatever's on the other end of your butt is what you really believe. Yeah. Goats butt and, and sheep obey and, and sons of God obey. And, and if each of us would hear him and know that we can confidently hear his voice, man, we would see a move of God in the earth like we've never seen before. Because God's ready to move, will we hear and we will, will we obey? I want you to look at Galatians chapter three. This is a powerful verse, Galatians three and verse five. Galatians three and verse five. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Which one is it? Hearing, hearing of faith. Now, this, this word supplies there is very, uh, very interesting. It's the word, it's the Greek word epikoriego, and, and it's where we get our word choreography. If you want, if you want to understand the choreography, the operation, the move of the Spirit. If you want to see miracles in and through your life, it's going to come by you and I hearing God and yielding to Him and following Him. That's how miracles happen. How many of you want to see miracles in and through your life? Listen, guys, signs are supposed to be following us, not us following signs. 
And it comes, it's real simple. He told you right here. Miracles, the move of the Spirit, uh, healings, the, the choreography of the Spirit, whatever the Spirit of God wants to do, it happens when you and I, men of God, hear what He has to say and we just yield to Him and say, yes, Lord. Are you with me? And so, man, listen, guys, it's all set up for us. The grace of God's already provided uh, all these things, these wonderful things in redemption, in the atonement that we have. But then there is, that's, that's uh, grace uh, in, in, our, in the atonement. But you and I also have grace in our assignment. And you've got an assignment I don't have. I've got an assignment you don't have. And we can fulfill it and we will fulfill it with signs and wonders and power and authority in the earth if we're listening to him and following him. Look at your neighbor and say, I know he's talking to you. <laughs> you know, Jesus is waiting until his enemies become his footstool, be made his footstool, and that's through you and me. And when his body starts placing, especially men in the body, start placing confidence in their ability to hear his voice accurately and clearly, we're, we're going to, man, we're going to see this, this end time harvest brought in. And we're going to see, uh, we're going to see all the buildings built that God's put in Andrew's heart. We're going to see all the people reached. We're, we're going to, we're, we're, go, we're going to accomplish things in bringing people to the Lord like, and discipling them like never before. And you have a place in that. You have a part in that. Say, I have a part in that. Okay, now look at, look, look at Hebrews chapter 3 with me, Hebrews 3. And we're going to look at three verses that are all together just saying the same thing one after another. Hebrews 3 and verse 14, or verse 7, I'm sorry. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit said, today, if you will hear his voice, how many of you want to hear his voice today? All right, he's going to tell you how to hear his voice today. Do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. Look at verse 15. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, how many of you want to hear his voice today? Okay. Faith comes by hearing, not having heard. Do not harden your hearts. Everybody say, do not harden your hearts. Chap chapter 4, verse 7, look at it. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time it's been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not what? The strong emphasis of the Holy Spirit here to us. Three times. These, these weren't written in chap, chapter numbers here. It was all in context. Three times in a row, the Spirit of God says, uh, today, if you'll hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Today, if you'll hear His voice, do not, harden his, do not harden your hearts. Can I tell you, men, that this is still true today? And the thing I see, the number one thing I see that creates problems for you and me in hearing God and following Him confidently is the fact that we've hardened our hearts in areas. And 
remember I, remember I said, someone remind me uh, in, in Psalm 85, verse eight, it says, uh, you know, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, but he will speak peace to his people. But it says, watch this, it says, do not let them turn back to folly. That's talking about hardening your hearts. It's talking about saying, you know, Lord, I'll do anything but. Lord, I'll, I'll do anything but get married again. I'll do anything but pastor. I'll do anything but go to Africa. I'll do anything but do this. Listen, guys, the moment we put a but or a condition on the end of what we tell God we're willing to do, do you understand you've just hardened your heart? Do you understand you've just set a boundary in your heart that won't let you go to the full dimensions that God has for you. And therefore we don't see the miracles. We don't see the signs. We don't see the wonders. We don't, you know, we read about it and we say, oh, that would be wonderful. But you know how it happens? It happens. It happens when we, when you, when you and I are reading the word or we're in prayer and the spirit of God downloads in us a particular aspect of his assignment for us. And, and, we, and, you know, it doesn't, we don't know how people are going to take that. We don't know how, how that's going to look. There's, there's a certain degree of, we don't know if we're going to have enough money. We don't know if our family's going to agree. We don't know, we don't even know if it's going to work out. All we know is God said it. Yeah? And, and in order to accomplish the purpose that God has for you in the kingdom, we've just got to get, you've got to get to a point. You and I have got to get to this point. You know what? I'm taking all the nevers and all the buts out of my heart. And God, I'm going to allow you to soften my heart again. And I'll go anywhere you call me to go. I'll do anything you call me to do. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything at whatever cost. Because God, when you send me somewhere, you pay for it. You take care of me. You're with me. You don't call me and then not go with me. You know, our wives are real sensitive and you know, they, they're willing to do whatever. And, and, but they, they know they've got, to, they've got to butt up against a hard-hearted husband who's got to, who's got to work everything out and factor everything out in his, in his pea brain. You know, if you just let God roast the peanut <laughs> and realize that it's not, it's not your understanding that's Lord, but Jesus is Lord. Amen? So what is, what is the, why is it the people, why is it that people, especially men, why do we harden our hearts and turn back to folly instead of hearing and following him and seeing miracles, signs, and wonders like Galatians 3, 5 says? One, one word, let me just tell you one word. It's fear. And if you really think about like what Andrew was talking about last night, you're talking about, you're talking about pride and selfishness. Do you know what fuels pride? His fear. We're afraid of what happens and we're afraid of, you know, how that's going to make, make us look or, you know, what are people going to think? Look, if you really, if you really knew how little people thought about you, you wouldn't worry about it anyway. <laughs> but I want to share with you six fears 
that can harden your heart and hinder your hearing God's voice because once we get these out of our, our, out of our lives, uh, we're going we're to walk in and we're going to be so fine-tuned and we're going to accomplish what God's called us to accomplish. So I want to talk about these six fears and how you can get rid. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, has He? But these things are things that I know because I'm a man. I had to, de- I, I've, I had to deal with each of these things in my life that's, that have been really obstacles to me following God's voice and plan for my life. I wouldn't be here today um, if, if, I had, if I wasn't just willing to hear God's voice and follow me. I don't care what it costs. It doesn't matter. And when I, when I hear Him and I follow Him, I mean, I'm here today because I heard God's voice uh, when I, at the time, had pastored in the same place for 22 years. I had a very secure uh, job ministry position there, and, and uh, I heard God's voice say, I have a new assignment for you, son, get ready. You know, it took a process of, of several months, and, and I went into what I thought was a new assignment, and then uh, the president of this, I took oversaw this Afri- large African ministry, and uh, I, then I gave up my, my uh, secure position, and then seven weeks after I transitioned that thing, the, the president of this organization who was going to transition this to me decided he wasn't ready to give it up. And so I got, I got the left foot of fellowship out of the, and, and got terminated. And, uh, and, you know, I had to deal with my heart about that. And I had to come to the point to say, you know what, God, you spoke to me that you had a new assignment for me. And I had to keep my heart right and say that, you know, so this man's decision cannot stop me. And so Janice and I took time to pray and seek the Lord. Seven weeks later, I'm in Andrew's office and uh, he's offering me a position to help Wendell with the um, to help Wendell with World Outreach and also to help start the business school here. And, 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 and I mean, it's just been a ride ever since. And, and, and now I'm the Dean of Education here at Karis Bible College. But, but you know, when you hear God, you're going to go through some things that don't work out just the way you think. But I didn't change. Well, I knew God spoke that to me. And we need to hear Him clearly and not let fear harden our heart or pride, or selfishness. Are you with me? So seven, six fears I'm going to share with you. Number one is finances. Everybody say finances or, or lack of finances. I can't obey God because I don't, know, I don't know if I'm going to have enough money or I won't have enough money if I do this. I mean, I can't, I can't do that. God, you know, I don't have, you know I don't have enough money to go over to Africa. You know I can't move my family clear clear across the country. You know, Lord, I know you're putting it in my heart to come to Bible college, but you know, I don't have enough money to do that. And I don't have this. And I, you know, God, he didn't know that when he told you to come here, did he? (laughs) Poor God. He didn't, he didn't know. He didn't know how much it was going to cost. He didn't know what that air, what that, what that flight was going to cost and what, what it was going to, he didn't know all that when he asked you to go, did he? to Africa or China or Asia or India or whatever. Did, did he know? Yes. Did he know? Yes. Does he know? Yes. Well, what are you telling him for then? Yeah. He doesn't need you. All he needs, listen guys, you know what the Lord wants? All you beautiful ladies watching us online right now. You want to know what your husbands desire? 
Would you like to know, ladies? Yes. <laughs> they, they want the same thing that the Lord wants, a responsive bride. Yes, Lord. Everybody say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. How many of you know no Lord is an oxymoron? It's a moronic ox. No, Lord. What do you mean, no, Lord? How can he be no? He's not your Lord if it's no. If he speaks to you, what's the answer? We don't, if he speaks to you, you don't, you check your checkbook and see if you can go? No. All right, yes, Lord. Praise God. I don't know how. I, I mean, it's up to you. You're going to have to provide them. Hey, well, praise God, it's up to him. He, he called you. He's going to provide for you. You know, I know God wants me to do this or that, but I just can't leave the security of my job. I can't tap into my nest egg. I can't lose my retirement. Man, get a life, guys. I said, get a life. You really, your goal in life really is to retire? Really? That's your goal? I'm not talking about not being wise and in, in a stewardship and leaving something for your family. You know, I'm going to do that. I'm believing God. My house is, I'm going to have houses I'm leaving to my kids. Not just cars. I'm going to have houses and money and, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay up for my children's children. Amen? But I'm telling you what, I'm following God. And money's not going to stop me from following God. And if we're, we're going to have to first deal with uh, this, this fear of not having enough and, and, and you know, I know a guy right now, it's a good friend of mine that's on staff of a large ministry. He makes more money than, uh, you know, a lot of people. And he's frustrated. He's dissatisfied. He's not, he's not, he knows this isn't the will of God, but he can't leave because he makes too much money. Really? You can't leave because you make too much money. Listen, guys, the will of God. The will of God. Look at your neighbor. Say the will of God. That's what's important. And, and when, when you hear him, we don't, I mean, we don't need to, you, all right, you can consider money if you want to, but then you need to consider it not a reason to follow God. Are you with me? Don't harden your hearts. Today, if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't have something set up in your mind. Well, I can do this if I get all this worked out. No, God's calling you. He's speaking today. He's revealing himself to you today. He's downloading things in you today. If you'll just say, yes, Lord. All you've got to know is if it's him. Yes? You know, Matthew 4, uh, Mark chapter 4 uh, I'm not going to read all of it. Verse 18 and 19 describes the thorny, the thorny ground, the ground that's un unproductive. It doesn't bear fruit because the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches and lust of other things choke that word. You can hear from God and yet value financial, your financial condition and it can choke the word. And I'm speaking to men of God here today who have a call of God on their lives. I know, I was one. I had a very successful business. 
in Houston, Texas, a, a wholesale florist business. It was a high cash flow business. And, and uh, I was counting money one day, and I heard this song, this old Peggy Lee song, Is That All There Is? Any of you old enough to remember that? And I didn't even like necessarily Peggy Lee's singing, but I mean, that song got in my head, and, and it was like, I was counting, and I knew while I was counting money, there was, God has something more for me. Now think, I mean, I love to make money, and I love because I love to give, and I'm not taking a vow of poverty. That's not what we're talking about here. We're not saying follow God and take a vow of poverty. No, God will abundantly take care of you, but you've got to trust Him and follow Him before you see how He's going to do it. Good preaching, Pastor Greg. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you want to hear from God today, money, financial position cannot be your Lord. Follow God, sir. Your wife needs you to make this decision. I'm following Jesus. Amen. Number two, fear, family. What are they going to say? What are they going to think? If I obey God and follow what he's telling me, my parents might write me out of their will. You know, when I, man, when I left my business to go into ministry, go to Bible college, my dad thought I had lost my mind. I mean, I had people, man, I mean, we, we were making tons of money and had a successful business and and, uh, and I went to Bible. I said, no, man, God's called me to go into business. And, and, then, and then Judas, I, Judas is a great, 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 great granddaughter and her husband uh, became the treasurer of my business. <laughs> and uh, so that, that went south. But you know, so I thought I'd have all this money to take care. So I had to go to work. You know, I had to go, I had to do some stuff. And, but the bottom line was I knew God told me. Hey, I had to, I had to set sail. I had to leave, I had to leave the, uh, the, the co convenience and the comfort of where I was to launch into uh, what God called me to do. Listen, guys, I have never regretted it's the greatest journey I've ever been on. And God has that for you. He's calling you into an adventure with Him. That's, that's going to include signs and wonders and miracles and fulfillment like you've never known. He has that. He's inviting you to that. But you've got to make this decision. My family's not going to rule my life, even if they don't all agree with me, which they won't. Jesus' brothers and sisters thought He was nuts, didn't they? They were coming to get Him. But Jesus turned and said, uh, they didn't understand his mission. He turned and said in Mark 3.35, whoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, and my mother. He defined his family as those who were hearing and following him doing his will. That was, that was Jesus' family. How many of you are part of that family? And I'm talking about, I, here's, I'm not just talking about being born again here. I'm talking about his discipleship family. I want to know how many men of God disciples do we have here today? Because there's, a, there's an altogether different, you know, I mean, man, you, it doesn't cost you anything to be a believer. It costs Jesus everything. 
Doesn't cost you anything to receive the benefits of the atonement and Jesus' sacrifice of the finished work of the cross. It doesn't, doesn't cost you anything. You just believe. But I tell you what, discipleship will cost you some of your own plans, as Andrew mentioned last night, your own dreams, the way you thought it was going to happen, your own, your own ideas, and sometimes, you know, favor with family. And they're going to, some of them are going to think you're nuts. But I tell you what, guys, it's the greatest thing that you can ever do is to follow God and, and be a disciple of His and not follow your family. Now, let me, let, me, let me bring it real close to home right now. I'm including your wife. I'm not saying leave your wife, but some of us here have more confidence in, in the sensitivity of your wife to hearing God than in her knowledge of the word than your own. And you unconsciously then abdicate or give up your authority and then basically you just, you just, patri you just pacify and then, and then the Bible says love your wives and don't be bitter against them. You, you uh, uh, secretly are bitter and resentful towards your wife because she's hearing God about everything. And you've, you've given up trying to compete. And I, I know how it is, man. We got filled with the, we got, I got filled with the Spirit in 1976. And my wife was hearing God. I mean, she'd wake up, Hank, in the morning, and she'd say, uh, God, uh, honey, I'm, I'll be back after a while. God spoke to me last night. I'm supposed to go, uh, supposed to take toilet paper, light bulbs, and a roast to this multi-million dollar couple in our church. I said, really? Toilet paper, yeah, a certain brand too. And, and light bulbs and a roast. Well, man, I wasn't hearing toilet paper or light bulbs or roast. You know what I mean? You guys aren't hearing stuff like that, are you? I mean, my wife was hearing stuff like that all the time. I became intimidated. God, I guess I'm not hearing for, from you because I'm not hearing toilet paper or I'm not bringing my, I'm not bringing my, I'm not bringing Andrew toilet paper. I've got news for you. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, she's, I mean, it's like she's hearing God. All the, how many of you guys can, can I get a witness? Come on, the rest of you, rest of you are lying. <laughs> Your wife is sensitive. She's hearing God about this and hearing God about that. Well, if we're not careful, we can, we can be, we can back off because we're not hearing God like she is, or we're not hearing God like Andrew does. You know, I, one time I was in a place, I was pastoring, and we had this major decision, Daniel, to make. It was, it was a, a, close to a $2 million decision. We bought this property for $232,000. We sold 23 acres. We sold three acres after about three years for $300,000. Now we had 20 acres and it was right on the main drag in Decatur, Texas. We were going to move the church there. But now this property is valued at between 1.8 and 1.7 and $2 million. And so what do we do? You know, you'd say, yeah, I know what I'd do. I'd sell it. And, you know, well, I, that's, that was the point. We were praying. We were seeking God. Uh, Paul Milligan was one of our elders at the time. And we're seeking God about it. I want to hear God. I want to know, are we to move on that property? Or are we to sell it? Okay, I, I want to hear God. And I'm praying. I'm seeking God. I'm reading the Bible. Extra time to position myself to hear from God. You know, and I'm hearing nothing. 
I'm, I get counsel about it. I'm hearing nothing. I get on the radio, Andrew's hearing God all the time. You know, Bob Nichols is hearing God. Oral Roberts is hearing God. Kenneth Hagin is hearing God. Kenneth Copeland is hearing God. I'm hearing nothing. Zero. Nada. I feel like a bump on a log spiritually. Really. I've got it. God, do you not know this is an important decision? And so finally, I'm getting frustrated. Any of you ever been there? And you hear everybody else is hearing God and you're hearing nothing. And one of the most liberating things God ever did for me in leadership was, was uh, he, he said, son, he finally spoke to me. He said, son, have you been praying and seeking me? I said, yes, sir. He said, have you put your own uh, selfish desires about this aside? I said, you know, I have. He said, have you sought counsel about it? I said, you know I have. He said, have you been uh, spending time in my word? I said, you know I have. He said, have you heard it? Have you heard anything? I said, you know I haven't. <laughs> and then he said something to me that just totally revolutionized me and, and, and moved me in a place of confidence in hearing his voice. He said, when you've done all those things, you've done what Psalm 30, 37, 4 says, you've delighted in me now. I trust you, go with the desire of, in your heart. He said, you don't, if, if you've done all that and you're not hearing anything, you, it's because you don't have to. You've already got my mind on the matter. I said, really? Whoa, hallelujah. You mean I'm hearing God and I didn't know it? Why would he have to speak a word to us if, if we've taken the time to delight ourselves in him and seek him and pray, you know, and, 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 and he's given, he planted that desire. You know what my desire was? Sell it. $1.8 million later, glory to God, we paid off a, another building and then we bought another piece of property. We, I left that church with over $2 million debt free. Hearing God, but hearing God not from some, you know, too many times we put so much emphasis on this supernatural way that God speaks and we don't take the time to run it through the screen of his character and all these other things. And it's like, man, that day I got so set free. If I'm seeking him, if I'm praying, if I'm setting my own will aside and, and I don't hear anything, I don't have to. I've got his mind on the matter. I walk in what I desire. And you know what? That's 95% that's the way I make my decisions today. And I do it with confidence. And I do it just like my wife woke up that morning and said, go get toilet paper and other stuff. <laughs> Whatever it was. <laughs> Praise God. But you know what we got to stop? Look, guys, you know what hardens our hearts? Sometimes it's our wives or other people's sensitivity to God. And it's our family. We, look, guys, we've got, to, we've got to stop being intimidated by how many times each day your wife is hearing something from God and you need, you need to take your toddler pants off, tick, get your thumb out of your mouth, put your big boy pants on, and lead your family. And I don't mean go in there like a bull in a china closet and say, I got news for you, woman, you're going to follow me. <laughs> don't you put that back on me. That's not what I'm talking about. No, you listen to her. You listen to her concerns. You listen to her thoughts. But 
don't you, you make, you're making the final decision. I'll pray about that. Let's pray about that. Let's seek God about that. And then finally, if you've got to make a decision and you're not in agreement, what, the way you lead your wife is you ask her to follow you. You know, honey, we're, it's, and there's very few times Janice and I are not in agreement on what we're going to, but if we've got to make a decision and we need, if we need a new car, she, I want a brand new one for her or a newer one. So it's what she's driving isn't going to break down. She wants something that we can just pay for. So we have a disagreement. We pray about it. We come back together. She's still, it's still the same. Then I'm, I'm going to say, you know, honey, here's the deal. I, I want you to trust me. I'm asking you to follow me. Will you follow me? Now, you know, you can't make her. You don't want to try that. <laughs> but you can, you can ask her, if you never provide leadership, how can you expect her to follow you? Are you with me? Yes. So listen and pray, but then lead. Be a man of God. Amen? Uh, number three, fear is friends. You know, we get concerned about what our friends will think if we become too radical in following Jesus. After all, I'm a respectable, respectable, uh, respectable member of the community. It might damage my image if I hang around those fanatical Christians or, or, that, or those, that fanatical non-denominational church. Forget about being filled with the Spirit and speaking with other tongues. That's way going way too far for me. Is it really going too far to follow Jesus in the Bible? I just decided one day, I'm going to read this Bible, and it's like what Brother Happy said earlier, uh, James chapter 1, 22 through 25, whatever I see in here, I'm going to do, not by the strength of my will, I'm going to draw on God's grace to do it and apply it in my life. Whatever you say, Lord, and you know there's some verses in here that say, be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, I want to retaliate, take their head off, you know. Give them peace of my mind. And, and the Bible says, over, so I draw on God's grace to overcome evil with good. Are you with me? And so, there, you know, guys, you're, you are going to lose some friends when you follow Jesus, but they weren't really your friends. And you, you choose to follow Jesus, and I'm going to tell you, God will bring you friends that, that you can trust, friends that will be, that'll be closer than a, than a brother, friends that, that, will, that will, uh, will, aren't, won't, you don't have to worry about being your image or being ashamed with. Is the most important thing your image and your name or his? I mean, you may lose one set of friends following Jesus, but you'll gain true friends if you follow him. Number four, foes. Everybody say foes. Those who oppose you, those who accuse you, those who betray you. It could be somebody on the job that you don't like. Somebody's aiming for your job. It could be your boss. It could be, who, who knows, somebody that you don't like. But, but you don't need to let their words and their lies and things that they're trying to do, you don't need, need to let that become, get inside your head and take authority over you. Many times it's our enemies and our foes. I, I, I know, you know, it's like you, you, you actually kind of want to do things to show your competitors that, you know, God's really with you or that you've got the favor of God and you, you try to go for it, but you're doing that out of the strength of the flesh. And you're doing things out of, out of fear of what, what that other guy is going to do. Listen, 
What, what, what did Jesus tell Peter when he said, well, what, what about this guy? He said, what is that to thee? Follow me. You just follow Jesus. Don't worry about, don't worry about all what other people are going to think, what other people are saying. Pride comes before a fall. Don't let your competitor or your foe get in your head. And I could spend a lot of time with this. God gives grace to the humble. Stop looking at your competition as your enemy and pray for them and bless them. And, 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 and look to God and follow Him and He'll give you success. Don't let the fear of, of what's going on with your enemies uh, drive your life or set boundaries in your life or, you know, I'm not going to do this because I fear you know, the repercussions of what they might say. Forget all that garbage. Just follow Jesus. Amen. Number five, future. A lot of people there. But I don't know. I'm not going to spend time on this one. I'm just going to tell you, I'm not security-minded. I'm God-minded. We don't need to be security-minded, trying to set up security for ourselves. We need to be God-minded and walk in the fear of the Lord and walk in freedom. He's my hope. He's my future, my fortress, and my strong tower. Psalm 31:15. My times are in your hand. God, my, future's, my future belongs to you. And I'm, as I follow you, I'm going to fulfill it. He's going, with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. Amen? And then number six, and I've got the airport in sight, but don't, don't disembark yet because it might be hazardous to your spiritual health. <laughs> failure, everybody say failure. failure. The fear of failure. The fear of stepping out because we don't want to fall on our face. And we don't, want, we don't want to have to deal with, and here's the big deal. You know why, you know why, guys, that we don't lead like we should? It's this fear of failure. But you know the bigger fear, you know why fear of failure is so bad? Is because the number one fear that men have is shame. We would rather you beat us than shame us. Is that not true? And so we, it's, the, it's the father or the birthplace of procrastination vacillation, going back and forth, not taking steps of that because you're afraid you're going to fail. And you don't want, you don't want to, you, you step out into the deep water, you're afraid to fail, and then you don't want, you don't want the shame that's associated with that failure. Well, praise God, Peter stepped out on the water, at least he walked on the water. And I'd rather get out and try to do something following Jesus, even if in the natural I fail. Man, I, I started a church when I graduated Bible college. I started a church in Houston, Texas, almost 5 million people. We, we grew a mega church from 14 to 40 in three years. You heard about it, didn't you? Man, every, every Sunday I'd get up in my, in my pride and my, and all that, I, I, I died a, a thousand deaths knowing on the inside, God, you've called me to, what you've given me a message and you called me to share it with people. And, and I've got, you know, on, on a good Sunday, we'd have 40. On, on Easter Sunday, we might have 75. And, you know, but it's, God, and finally I was complaining. I said, God. I'm, more, I'm made for more than this. Forty little sheep, really? And it was really my pride, my ego, 
God's not interested in wounding your pride. He wants to kill it. And I was dying on the inside because, you know, I'm feeling, I've, I've wrapped up unconsciously my significance with how many people were coming. And then the Lord, I was, I was parked outside this little church in Houston, Texas, and it was just pouring down rain. I couldn't get into my office. And so I'm complaining to God about this. And, and then the Lord, I, finally I got done. The Lord said, are you done? I said, I guess so. And he said, son, if all I sent you here for is what I've done, and he named this guy who was my song leader that became a worship leader that God transformed his life. He had a, he had a potty mouth and he, was, he would speak disparagingly toward his children. And, if, and God radically transformed Roger's life. And he said, if all I sent you here for was what I've done in the life of Roger, is that enough for you? Man, it was like, you know, it wasn't about my ego. It wasn't about how many people came. It was about those that God brought. Was I bringing them life? Because I was looking you know, in a disparaging way at the people that God sent because of those who weren't there. And at that moment, I said, yes, Lord. And he said, son, I would send someone across the globe to minister to one of your children. At that moment, I just, I stepped into my call. And I settled into it. And I said, all right, Lord. It's not about how, I mean, it's up to you. The increase is yours. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to follow you. I'm not going to worry about my ego or my pride or how many's coming or how many's not coming or any of that. I'm not going to worry about what looks like failure because you know what? God's not going to ask us about some big thing that we did. Are we willing to do what he told us to do? I stepped into that, guys. And, and the moment I, 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 I don't know, it's just one of these things in my heart. I stepped into that and then and, then I, and it stopped raining. It was pouring buckets. It stopped raining. And I looked out at the end of the uh, parking lot. I was grabbing my briefcase out of the car. And I saw a double rainbow in the end of my parking lot. And, I, and I'll never forget that. And, then, and we merged that church later with another church. I went to Decatur, Texas. Moved from 5 million to five, almost 5 million to 5,000. And that church grew from 60 to 400 in three years. Are, are you listening to me? Listen, guys, it's not about, it's not about your portfolio and how many, how many, you know, what, you know, we, we wrap up our identity and, 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 and how, how much we have in our bank account or what we can tell people we've done. But what have you done to follow Jesus? And just Kill that shame. Knock it in the head. Say, God, I'm going to do whatever you call me to do, regardless of the, co of the cost, even if it cost me my reputation, even if it cost me what it looks like to other people. Amen? What are you doing with that, guys? The righteous man will fall seven times but he'll rise again, Proverbs 24, 16. Do you know what it is 
really what the antidote to our fears are. It's our, it's our trust. What time I'm afraid, Psalm 56, 3, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. Now, we have, now we've pulled up to the terminal. We're about to disembark, okay? But let me tell you a story. The number one thing that the devil is trembling about today is that you'll get a hold of this word, these words that have already gone forth, and you'll say, God, I'm, 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 I'm yours. I'll go where you call me to go. I'll do what you call me to do. I'm not going to harden my heart. I'm not going to let fear, any fear, rule me. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in you. What the devil is trembling in his boots over, over, over a man of God, men of God like you, who will just take their place. I, I oversaw this large African ministry uh, in seven different African nations, and we were one, one of them was Tanzania, and we went to uh, several safaris there, and I learned about how lions hunt. And lions, the way they hunt, the females do the hunting. And the, the males just take the prize. But they get the older, ma older male lions, the older lions that aren't fast, don't have as many teeth, they, can't, they can't, couldn't catch anything if they tried, and they put them over here on one side of the pass, These, the, this, the way this pride works. They put the older lions, the male lions over here. The, the female hunter lions are over here. And so when zebras, wildebeest, um, you know, water buffalo, gazelle, whatever, come through this pass, then, then the, way that they, the way that they catch the prey is the, is the older lions, the male lions, the lazy lions roar. Everybody roar, roar. Okay, and so what does the prey do? They run, and they run right into the jaws of the hunter lions. Listen, the Bible says the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he, whom he may devour. You know what the moral of that story is? Run toward the roar. Face your greatest fear. Whatever it is, whether it's finances, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, your foes, your future, or failure, whatever your greatest fear is, we today must hear God's voice and follow Him. If the, king, if, if, God, if the Word of God is going to go out, if the will of God is going to be done, and it has to start with you and me. Amen? Amen. And I just want to ask you to be bold enough if you're one of those and you know as I went through these, this, these lists of fears, that one of these things had been ruling your heart and created a measure of hardness of heart. And you're just going to declare with me today that we're, we're not going to let fear, we've, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And I will hear God's voice and I will follow Him. If that's you, stand up on your feet right now where you're all over the building. I want you to make this declaration with me. God hasn't given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, a sound mind. I take authority over the greatest fear 
that has hindered my hearing and affected my heart. Now just stop for a moment. Whatever that is, identify it and speak to it right now in Jesus' name. Whatever that is. And then say with me, from, from this day forward, I walk free from fear, from deception, from hardness of heart. I rule over you, fear. You do not rule over me. In Jesus' name, I receive grace to take my place as a man of God. I have a sensitive heart to the Lord. I hear God's voice. I will follow the Lord. I will lead my family. I will fulfill God's will for my life. And I will have success in the kingdom. Give the Lord a shout. Amen. Now, Father, I, I, I come against every spirit of fear that's, that's tried to lie and deceive and, and, uh, and rule over these men of God, and I declare them free today to hear your, your voice, have a sensitive heart, and to fulfill your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. We hope your heart has been quickened by hearing the Word of God through this message. It's the faithful support of people like you who make this ministry possible. We invite you to prayerfully consider becoming a partner with Andrew Womack Ministries. We maintain a website at awmi.net. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111, or you can write us at P.O. Box 3333, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80934. Until next time, we pray that you'll reach out by faith and receive everything that's yours through God's grace.